Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg. Real quick before we get into today's episode, this was actually recorded back in, I think, early February, and it was supposed to be released on like March 15th. Uh, which, as you know, is when everything changed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we decided to record something different to address what was going on because it it just felt weird and maybe a little tone deaf to put this episode out that you're about to hear in the midst of everything. And then shortly after this is when everything really changed and our company had to pivot. And many of our podcast episodes in the last several weeks have been around that pivot, around helping you all kind of process and think about maybe how your strengths are showing up during this time and just in some ways offering our own um, bit of, you know, space to process and think about. We have the 21 Day Strengths Challenge in there. And we're releasing this now today because we just felt that, you know, we don't know how much longer this is going to go on. It's a really great episode. It's fairly simple. But at some point, we have to kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy because many of us, our lives are still continuing to go on, albeit just not... (laughs) with other people right now. So uh, we think it's a great one. Enjoy it. As always, leave us any questions uh, if you have them. You're listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg. And today on the podcast, Brian Schubring and I are doing something new. And you know what? I'm actually not even going to set it up any more than that for you because I actually do set it up at the beginning of this recording. But since it is new, we'd love some feedback. So after you listen to this, please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or I guess wherever you listen to podcasts and wherever you can review them. And just tell us what you think of this episode um, idea, format, Uh, whatever you call it. Again, it's just something new. Um, It's not that new, but it's new for us and we hope you like it. We'd also love for you to comment on the accompanying blog post. There's a link in the show notes for that on social media, or you can even send us an email directly at connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Steph checks that and she will get back to you. Okay. Now here's Brian and I talking about leadership. Enjoy. Brian, you and I have spent a lot of time over the years talking about leadership, not specifically like, hey, here's five great tips, Brian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know how many articles, books, uh, podcasts, uh, just so much talk about like things that um, leaders should do. And from day one of meeting you almost, you've told me that leadership is about influence. And so everybody has the capacity for influence. Therefore, everyone is a leader, just in a different context, a different, you know, different way that looks, correct? Am I? That is correct. That is correct. That's what you said. Okay. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. See, there, I knew it. So one of the things that we're going to perhaps do a little bit more of this year in 2020 is not necessarily critique, but perhaps comment on some of this vast leadership stuff that is out there. And you came across an article by Mike Myatt. I think I'm saying that uh, correctly in realleaders.com. Uh, 
entitled Five Things Every Leader Should Give Their Team in 2020. And so it's a very simple, very short article. Um, Mike Myatt is the founder and chairman of N2 Growth, a top executive search firm. And I'll include some leadership on him and kind of what, what he's done. But I thought what would be fun for us to do is just kind of talk about each of these five points, maybe share a little bit of our insight and thoughts as kind of looking through the leadership vision lens, and then just invite other people to read it, comment, and share it back with us as they um, as they listen to this. So let's dive in. Let's just start, Brian. Why this article? What about it grabbed your attention? Well, as you know, Nathan, we travel quite a bit. And uh, as Linda and I were um, going into a, a Sky Lounge, I just picked up one of the magazines and started just leaping through it because you and I had already talked about you know the possibility of doing this idea. And so when I came up to Mike's article, it was a short, quick read, but that does not uh, reflect at all how profound I think these points are that he's bringing up because each one of these five points we have seen reinforced over and over again in the in the 21 years of work that we've been doing. I just felt an extreme resonance with what he was writing about and our personal experience. That's great. And I would agree too. And I think sometimes, we've said this before, but sometimes people don't necessarily need new, profound, earth-shattering information. They just need to be reminded of stuff that they perhaps already know, but said in a different way. So let's just kind of dissect this article real quick. The five points are, number one, focus on leadership ubiquity. Number two, make a co-investment. Number three, white space. Number four, the gift of great talent. And number five, read, read, and read. So let's go through, Brian, and unpack each of these five points, starting with number one, focus on leadership ubiquity. First of all, what does ubiquity mean and how is he using it in this context? Well, as Mike defines it, it is that everybody can lead. And when I read that, um, I just had this immediate connection because leadership vision was founded on the idea that everyone is a leader, meaning Absolutely. everyone has influence. It's just within a particular context or in certain relationships. But when everyone, but when anyone is influencing someone else, we believe that they are in that place of leadership. The very name of leadership vision promotes that. Like everyone has a vision. That vision is unique, and it's a vision of influence. Everyone's a leader. Everyone has the opportunity for influence. How can we get people in those places and platforms? where they have that influence. The logo of Leadership Vision is about everyone has a role in leadership. The four different arcs, the interconnectivity, the arc around it is everyone has a place for leadership. No one person is the complete expression of that. And as Mike says, is that he's seen that there is a distinction between CEOs and organizations that take this approach, that everyone is a leader, that that is a clear mark where people have set themselves apart and then they have to promote that from within and help people better understand that even if people aren't responsible for overall leadership, that everyone has the opportunity and the ability to lead themselves. And that is also a key phrase that I really was drawn to in what Mike was writing about. And I think that we should note, too, that this article is written to senior top CEO type of leaders of, what does it say here? I've always believed the most valuable gift a CEO can give their team is the ability to make a meaningful impact on culture. And so this is essentially what top leaders can do. And one of the, I think the start of the second paragraph here says, when in doubt, think ubiquity, not scarcity as it relates to leadership. So I, I, I totally agree. This is such a uh, a helpful point for us to remember. Yep. And also very important for all those who are team leaders, team managers, team supervisors, people leaders, 
that they are the ones that are probably the closest to the teams themselves and to the individuals. And they themselves may have the most knowledge on when, where, and with whom people can be leading. Number two, make a co-investment. This isn't exactly about budgeting, but it is a little bit. Brian, what's this one about? Uh, This one is about a leader or an organization's ability to reinvest into their people and into their teams. The reason why I'm attracted to this is because I know it's true. (laughs) Again, anecdotally. see it all over. Yep. Anecdotally, experimentally, um, our research has also proven this, that when you have um, a deliberate or an intentional effort to invest in your people and invest in your teams, they will, in return, be more engaged, be more alert. And I think that that there are several key points that, that Mike brings up. And most importantly, I think that on the leader's behalf, that there's a um, an attitude of curiosity here. Like, what are people working on? How can I invest in them? Or a curiosity to be able to listen to what people are asking for and listen to what they actually need. And I believe that this response of making a co-investment is a way to demonstrate trust in your people. Like, like you trust their intuition, you trust their wisdom, and you trust when they express what they need. It also is a way to promote innovation because oftentimes people will will come for a request because they may have run out of resources or they're needing to gain something else to achieve their expertise. And the other thing I think is really interesting about co-investment is that it gives a team leader the opportunity to affirm alignment because you will reinvest in something that is in alignment with your overall vision or objective. And it's also a place where you have a teaching platform. Like if it isn't in alignment and you're not going to invest in it, you have a chance then to, to teach someone why. Why are we not choosing that? Or when are we going to? Maybe just not now. Uh, I, th- I think that's, that's a really interesting way to look at how a leader can promote vision as well as teamwork. And I think it also shows that you trust your people when you you ask them to make a co-investment, not just telling them this is this is what you're doing. Number three is white space. Have you noticed how some leaders are frenzied, stressed, and always playing from behind? Yes. Yes, Brian, I have. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> we have. Haven't all of us. This is the one that probably... Uh, struck the closest home to me. I'm curious, was this for you as well? Yeah, when I read what Mike was saying here, I was immediately drawn to it until he says that there are corporations and organizations that have a no meeting Monday policy. Such a great idea. (laughs) Such a great idea, but not one that we follow because Monday is our all staff day where we have staff meetings all day long. We're recording this podcast it's right on now. <laughs> Monday. And uh, we, we've been practicing this for years of just having Monday be the day where we have no client engagements, we're not traveling, that we're all here engaged in some way. Even our, our distance uh, team members are engaged with us on Mondays. And so when, when Mike brings it up about just white space in general, and then white space meaning like if you think about your calendar, like it, it's empty, like there's nothing there. And it's, it, it's a white space for productivity. It's a white space for creativity. It's a white space that doesn't allow the outside anxiety and pressures or the not being scheduled back to back. So that's what white space is. And so what Mike is encouraging us to do is like in this ultimate expression of Monday being the white space day, I think we can all relate to what he's saying here. Oftentimes what we 
are anticipating on Monday affects our attitude and behavior on Sunday. Then Sunday begins to then be a, a day where at some point anxiety is creeping up that affects our weekend, the time with our family and loved ones and doing things that we want to do to relax. And that point really hit home. Um, we haven't changed our process Give or policy time. here at Leadership Vision. The process, not perfection. Yep. Uh, process <laughs> or progress, not perfection. Progress, right. that's what it is, yep. yeah. But what I really appreciate is how Mike names it. And he does name what I believe is the best scenario for this. And so I just have to applaud him for saying it out loud, uh, for claiming the first day of the week as a place that can actually have a liberating effect on how Sundays are experienced, as well as giving people a, a feeling of having control over their week by having that first day of the work week, something that they're able to schedule and manage as they see needed. I first read this on my phone, and so it was in mobile mode, this article, and it was there was some awesome literal white space borders, and it was clean and crisp, and it, it almost had this relaxing effect to read this. And I thought, well, that's that's very fitting as we talk about this. And so I would challenge everyone listening to figure out, like, how do you create that that white border around your life so it's a little bit more enjoyable and a little bit better, quote unquote, reading experience, both for you and anyone who might you might interact with. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Number four, the gift of great talent. Uh, Brian, I don't know how many times I've heard you say that you are a sucker for talent. Be that, you know, working with talent management teams, watching uh, Survivor or The Voice <laughs> or any of those talent-focused shows, uh, sports. You love it. Uh, this one, I'm guessing, spoke to you. Yeah, it did because you've heard me say it. I'm a sucker for talent, and uh, I'm just naturally drawn towards it. It doesn't really matter where it is or, or what it is. Um, I will sit and watch those design shows with my wife because <laughs> I just like watching talent expressed. Yeah. Um, as, Do you love as sitting well. at the chef's table at a restaurant and just watching them work? Yes. I just find that yes. incredible. The wait staff, I can be impressed by that. A barista. I mean, I'm just, I'm, that's where my eyes are, are going. But um, organizationally, I, I do know that when Mike speaks about being able to discern a, a talent-rich environment, it's immediate. Like You can tell right away that that talent is being invested in, as well as there being a, a talent deficit. But one of the unique um, applications that, that Mike writes about, which I really connect with, is w there are many leaders who, for whatever reason, fall into the, 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 the trap of trying to find digital transformation or technical solutions to talent problems or to talent challenges. Uh, talent can be a problem or it can be a challenge. And sometimes we want to be able to go to the next technology or the next way to organize teams and speak to those solutions when it's actually a talent challenge. Yeah, I love the line, stop putting the focus on technology and put it where it belongs, on talent and relationships. Agreed. <laughs> well, and I love that because as we think about how many different uh, Slack, email, text messaging, Google chat, like at the end of the day, it's not about what you use to do that. It's about asking hard questions. It's about making time for each other. It's about investing into one another in such a way that no technology will ever be able to help you with. Yep. And one of the things that Mike also says is 
focus on next practices more than best practices. So he's not eliminating both of those, but he puts them in relationship. I think that there is a need to be addressing both of those, and the discerning leader will know which one needs to have the focus, whether it's the next practice, meaning you lean into relationships, or what is the best practice when you lean into technology, structure, or strategy. There's a place for both of those, and I like how he doesn't eliminate one or the other. He puts them in relationship. Love it. That's great. The fifth and final one, read, read, and read. Brian and I are both readers. Uh, I, I try to read a book a month. I think Brian we, reads about a book a week unless he's on vacation, and then it's a book a day. Um, <laughs> this one is is pretty self-explanatory by the first line. CEOs, leaders, cannot scale their leadership if they are not investing themselves. So what would you say about this? I can't emphasize enough the role that reading plays for myself uh, and for our team. Um, and I think that there's just a lot of research and conversation out there about why this is, is beneficial. Um, so I want to add on another maybe why or how. I think that there is an importance for people to make selections themselves on what it is that they're reading. So there's that number one self-choice. I also think there's something to be said about a team coming to agreement on what they should read together as a team. So that's kind of like a, a communal selection. I also think it's important uh, to ask those you love and trust what you should be reading. Because sometimes the, the greater self-awareness is known by others before it's known by ourselves. And there are things that, that Linda reads to me uh, that I find greatly helpful. And she knows it'd be helpful for me, but she probably also knows, or she does know, that I may not pick up that author or that book or for whatever reason that, that she knows that I may just not drift in that direction. So she'll... she'll contribute to my growth by things that she recommends. Nathan, some of the best books I've read, you've recommended. Um, and that's one of the things I think that we can help each other on is to help others understand and learn what it is that they need to be reading. And again, um, it doesn't have to be books. Um, there are plenty of people out there that invest their time in reading scholarly articles or publications online. There's nothing wrong with that. Or saturating your mind with, with podcasts and different ways to gain the types of information that you need. Steph on our team listens to podcasts all day long. Um, and so that, that's also an, an, another way. So Including where ours, are you getting yeah. your information um, and how are you, are you learning? Of, of course, reading for me is preferential. Have you read Range yet? I think no. I recommended that what to you. That? So I just read that. So Range, it's it's basically about how generalists tend to thrive. So a generalist being someone who is good at maybe a lot of things. What's so interesting, and going back to what you just said, why reading widely is so good is because you may read something completely unrelated to your field, but it gets your creative juices flowing and kickstarts and kind of gives you an idea into into something that is directly applicable to what you're doing. Have you read Principles by Ray Dalio? That's the one that he recommends on there. I have not. I put it in my Amazon no, cart, though. No. I'm curious uh, curious about that. Brian, any any final thoughts? Maybe what I would challenge everybody is to, to look at one of these five and to ask themselves, which one can I take action on right now? And yeah. then which one would I aspire to down the road? Because I, I think, Nathan, when I talked to you first, I, I was referencing how you, know, you could practice one of these a month or 
pose all five to a team and ask your team, like, which one do you think you can act on? Because that number three with, with white space, we were working with um, an executive and her succession planning. And one of the outcomes of one of our team engagement sessions was that they were going to create an open space where there was no calendared events. The only thing that they were going to do is to work as an executive leadership team together in the same space for half the day. And so I, that's an example of just choose one, experiment, uh, pick a book that your team is going to read uh, for a month. Um, if you're a team leader, like who can you invest in with talent or even reinvest in, in your team or something that they're asking for? How can you practice um, an equality or a place for all people uh, to lead? And where is it that we can create the white space? I love it. Thanks, Brian. We'll uh, Thanks, hopefully do this again next month. We will. All right. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. If you found value from this episode, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and a host of others. Please share this podcast and our other resources with anyone you think would benefit from going deeper into our strengths-based approach to individual, team, and organizational development. This is Brian Schubring. And I'm Nathan Freeberg. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Oh, there we go. That worked. Stuff's going to be jealous. It totally works. <laughs> Take that stuff. <laughs>